religion and faith, what do they mean? How do they relate to each other? What is the meaning of religion? What is the meaning of faith? All right, let's talk about this real quickly. Religion and faith then are apples and oranges. Apple, orange. They're a little different. They have some overlap, but they also have distinctions the way we mean them in English today. Religion and faith are not necessarily the same. Let's start with religion. Religion is a system for people to interact with a god or gods. That's what a religion is. So Christianity, by definition, would be a religion. What are other religions? Islam is a religion. Hinduism is a religion. Jehovah's Witness is a religion. Mormonism is a religion. Sikhism is a religion. Jainism, Shintoism, Buddhism, those are all religions. But what else are religions? Atheism is a religion. Nihilism is pretty much a philosophical religion. Secularism is pretty much has a very strong religious bent to it. Skepticism certainly is a religious uh, idea as well. So there's lots of religions in our world. The guy that sits across from you in the cubicle who says, I don't believe in God, that's great, but that is a theology, that is a religion in and of itself. So religion is just the system by which we construct and view our world as it relates to God. That is what religion is. Now, I know some of you will not use that definition, but I'm going to use that definition pretty consistently throughout the messages. So I apologize if that's not your definition, but I'm going to use that definition. Now, faith at the same time, is an internal decision or conviction. That's what faith is. So we say that we, if we're a Christian, we say that we have faith in God because inside we have made a decision and a conviction to do what God asks us to do. But faith is a little more polyvalent than that. It has a lot more meaning than just that, okay? So for example, when you get up in the morning and you go out and you get in your car, this is an age-old example, you turn on the ignition, you have faith that the car is going to start. If, the car, if you're like me and you don't know much about cars and the car doesn't start, you have a crisis <laughs> when the car doesn't start. And when we talk about this issue of faith, faith is this internal decision that we have. If you've ever read the Bible, you've ever been in a Christian, good, healthy Christian church, you will know that being a follower of Jesus is about faith more than it is about religion. But religion is not all black and faith is not all white because you can have faith in the wrong things. I mean, you can have faith in the flying spaghetti monster. How many of you work in the tech world and know what that is? Some of you, okay? And, and so the thing is, you can say, oh, you know, I've got faith in that. You know, some people put it on their, as a bumper sticker or whatever on their car. It's not the bumper sticker. It's those little silver things like the Jesus fish they put on their car, and they say, oh, you know, that's what my faith is in. Of course, it's the mock Christianity. But the thing is, is that faith can be in the wrong things too. So I'm going to basically say this, that religion is bad and faith is good, but it's not that simple. And so I'm going to nuance those points all the way through the next four weeks as we talk about what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus rather than just a practitioner of religion. Again, warning, it's important to remember that religion is not all bad, just as faith is not all good. There's lots of different kinds of faith. When we separate faith in general from biblical faith, I'll try to make the distinction but I'm going to try to keep everyone together, keep it real simple here this morning. Here's what we're going to see what the Bible says. If you want to go and turn to Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 13, I'm going to turn there as well, or you can look it up on your iPhone or Droid or whatever the case may be. Matthew chapter 23, um, you'll want to be there because we're going to reference it for the rest of the message. Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 13. We're going to look and see what the Bible says. Now, here's what's going on as you're turning there. Here's what's going on in Matthew chapter 23. We talked about eight months ago, we did a series on blessing, what the Bible really means about blessing. And as you know, I've been doing some work on blessing, and of course, the subject of cursing always comes up, and I mentioned it uh, briefly in the series there. And, and really, when you think about it, 
it seems unlikely or it seems kind of counterintuitive for there to be sort of curses in the Bible. And there's not really very many, but there are, a few, and it's not a magical sense, but there are a few places where God is just so upset with people being people, people being dumb, that he just says, okay, I can't take it anymore. Listen, you're being ridiculous here. You got to listen to me now, okay? This is one of those times. If you have an older version of the Bible, Jesus actually says, woe to you. We don't say woe anymore unless we mean stop the car or something. We don't use that word, but what it means is he's saying, listen, you're, you're, this is crazy. You need to listen up. This is really important. The thing is, is that the biggest place of all, the, the most talked about, the mo- the bi- when you look in the Gospels, the thing that makes Jesus the most mad of anything he encounters is what? Religion. Religion is the thing that makes Jesus the most angry of anything. And so we're going to have to talk about that here this morning. All right, let's see what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13 uh, through 15. Just three simple verses here this morning. All right, here's Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. Now, let me talk to you about the Pharisees. When we read the Bible, we see the word Pharisee. We know that Pharisee is a bad word. If I was to go to, you know, Seth this morning, I'd say, Seth, you're a Pharisee. He might be like, what do you... I don't know what that means, but I don't like it. It, it. We know that Pharisee is a bad word. We don't want to be called a Pharisee. We don't maybe know exactly what it means to be called a Pharisee. We just know it's not a very good thing. A Pharisee, though, let me just keep it real simple, because a Pharisee and, and, or a teacher of religious laws the Bible talks about is basically someone who is a pastor or priest. He's not someone like you sitting out there. He's someone like me. That's who Jesus is speaking to here, people like me. Now, he's not speaking to all of them. That's San Francisco talk. He's not saying everybody who is in a religious capacity is wrong or is a hypocrite, but he's speaking to a specific group of them, and this is what he says. He says, what sorrow or woe, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. By the way, is calling someone a hypocrite a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. Does anybody want to be called a hypocrite? No. Okay, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter either. Second time, he says, another woe. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? You shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Are some of these starting to sound familiar to things we see today? We'll talk about that too. Because of this, you'll be severely punished. Third time, woe to you. He says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make one convert and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. So Jesus is not pulling any punches here. He's saying, listen, this is a big problem and we need to address it. What is this struggle between religion and faith and what does it mean for us today? Well, there's three things that we could take away from the woes. So let me just mention these three things. We'll walk through it. If you want to follow along in your handout, you're welcome to do that. And then we're going to talk about how faith comes in, but we're not going to deal a lot with faith today until the next couple of weeks. Religion can close the door to God. First of all, religion can close the door to God. Now, this is totally ironic, isn't it? Because what did we just say that religion was? Religion is a system by which we try to understand God or gods or whatever is out there. That's what religion is. But religion can close the door to God just as easily as it can open it. You know, again, that seems really counterintuitive, but it's the truth. So let's break it down. Ritual, rules and rituals will cause many to misjudge God. 
We've talked about rituals here in the past. I'm just going to go fast on this issue. But what happens is, is that a lot of times the rules and rituals that we put in our lives can cause us to miss God and misunderstand what his purpose is. Let's say this morning that I make a rule that says you cannot wear shorts in church. No shorts in church. No shorts in church. The thing is, is that there may be lots of good rules. I'm just picking on you, buddy. There lots of good rules. I mean, there might be lots of good reasons for making that rule, such as we like air conditioning. There might be other you know, reasons that we come up with, such as, I don't know, you have ugly legs or this guy's never going to come back again. Whatever the issue is, we could make up all kinds of reasons why those rules are good. But at the end of the day, this may cause a person to just not come back to church. It may cause them to think that God cares more about shorts than about other issues. So it is easy for rules and rituals to cause people to misjudge and misunderstand God. Let's take it a step further. You you guys, I have to say, one of the the bumper stickers of all that I hate, the flying spaghetti monster doesn't really bother me. But you know the bumper sticker I think I hate more than any other? Have you guys seen the coexist bumper sticker that has all the different symbols for all the different religions? And, you know, it's all in that word coexist because there's an idea, especially in the Bay Area, where religions are all basically the same. Religions are all basically the same. And that's just the way it is. And so why can't we just get along? Because they're all the same. By the way, I found this on the Internet. It's great. Religion. They're all basically like this. Everybody just bows down to their God, Ronald McDonald or whatever it is. And that's the way religion is. And the world perceives of religion that way. I mean, a lot of people you talk to will have that opinion. But I can tell you right now that there is a lot of differences between religions, between just the systems that go into making up a religion. You cannot tell me anyone, and by the way, some of you have grown, uh, grown up and raised in this context, but any of you that know Hinduism very well, or those of you that know Islam very well, or that know Buddhism very well, will tell you that Christianity and them are very different, that there's some radical differences. Let's compare Satanism and Christianity, because that's easy, right? I mean, I don't have to drink blood and bark at the moon to be a Christian. That's not in my handbook. So that's a very different thing that Satanism has to Christianity. Other religions have a lot of differences. You know, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. There's a movie out called The Social Network. I don't even know it's raised, so I'm not recommending it, but it's about Facebook. And, and you could say that Facebook and Apple and Hewlett Packard and IBM they're all the same because they're all tech companies. But if you've ever worked in those tech companies, you know that the, the, the way they go about business, their culture, their attitude, everything about those companies is what? Different. Hewlett Packard and Facebook. Is there any similarities other than they happen to work sort of in tech? No, there's no, there's, they're totally different. The culture is very different. The way that they go about life is very different. Yeah, they're both tech companies. But when we talk about faith, how can rituals pull us away. Let me ask you a question. If you work with someone in another religion, there'll be a lot of peer pressure on you at work to just coexist and get along. But is it not possible that if there really is a real God, that rituals that crop up in a person's life can keep them from knowing God? Let me say it another way. Let's say today that we're undecided on religion. And since they're all the same, we're just going to pick one at random. Okay. So let's pick Satanism because that's easy to pick on. So if I go up to the church of Satan in in, uh, San Francisco and I go through some rituals and that involve blood and all kinds of R-rated stuff that we probably can't talk about here in church. And I go through those rituals. Will those rituals 
help me to get closer to God or will they move me farther away from God? Well, okay, we're a Christian church, so let's all agree, just for the sake of agreeing this morning, that it will move us farther away from God. There are definitely things you can do, rituals that you can practice that are not going to help you understand God. In fact, how many of you, and don't raise your hand, but I know that this is true for a lot of you, a lot of you were born and raised in a religion or a group of people where they told you what? Come in, sit down, shut up, do what we say, and then leave when you're done. And so how does that ritual hurt you from knowing God? I would argue it could hurt you a great deal from knowing God because what part of the Bible does it say to come into church, sit down, shut up, and when you're done, leave? It's not not in the Bible whatsoever. But those are rituals that come into place in our world. So rules and rituals will cause many to misjudge God. Listen, some people in our world think that knowing God is about blowing themselves up in buildings. I mean, let's just be honest here this morning. But is that ritual going to get you closer to God? Well, indirectly, because you're going to meet him a lot sooner. But I don't think it's on the terms that, he, that you really want in that situation. Now, I'm a Christian, so I don't make any bones about the fact that, that other rituals and other religions are, are just man-made systems that are not going to bring you closer to God. But let's look at this a little closer. Jesus, when he pronounces these woes on the religious leaders, let's look at this from a, a social perspective. Jesus was... So according to secular society of today, Jesus was what religion? What religion was Jesus? Jewish. Very good. You guys are smarter in first service. Very good. What religion was the Pharisees and teachers of the law? Jewish, right? So they were the same religion. Jesus wasn't going around criticizing Buddhists here or Muslims, who was they, which, by the way, didn't really exist at the time. Muslims, certainly not. Buddhists, we can debate. But who did he criticize? He criticized his own people. He criticized his, what the world would have considered his own religion. So he was not out there criticizing other people's religion. He was saying, woe to you, the people who are leading your own religion. Now, again, he's not attacking every Pharisee and every pastor that ever existed. Uh, if you read the Bible, Nicodemus is a Pharisee who eventually becomes a follower of Jesus. He's not talking about Nicodemus. But he's saying that there are people in our own religion who are keeping people away from God. Why is that? Why does that take place? Jesus says, what sorrow, woe to you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, religious leaders in my own religion, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others in either. Because what he's saying is, he's saying, listen, the things that you are doing, the things you're doing as priests, as pastors, the things that you are doing is actually keeping people away. The rituals and the rigmarole that you put on people is keeping them from having real relationship with God. That's what he's saying there. Again, I could do the same thing. I could be like these teachers, Pharisee, I mean, a Pharisee, I could say, we're going to have to nowhere shorts. Eric's not going to come to church anymore. And then my rule prevents him from knowing God. Why? Because I've kind of closed the door in his face. Some of you may argue, well, Eric could go to another church and that's true. But you know what? The responsibility rests with me, not with Eric in that situation, uh, because I'm the one closing the door in his face. Actually, I'd say it's equal, but, but faith will cause people to get to know God. What is faith? I mean, what is, it, what is the whole purpose of faith? When we talk about biblical faith, we're talking about what? Biblical faith is us knowing and relating to God. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. I know that some of you, English is not your first language. I know that some of you have not read the Bible. I know that some of you have been in churches and cultures where 
the Bible's reading is not prevalent. You must read it. I'm going to tell you why. I was reading Lamentations the other day. Yes, there's a book called Lamentations. Yes, it sounds like it is. It's about, it's a short book. It has lots of pages of death and destruction and evilness in the world and all that stuff. And you know what? It'd be very easy to take the first couple chapters of Lamentations see, say, see, this is what the problem with the world is, religion, because there's always fighting and war and all that stuff. But you know what? Lamentations summarizes the whole issue this way. At the very end, it says this. It says, you know what? All that stuff doesn't matter, and I'll tell you why. And it's a big paraphrase here. Because there is a God who loves you, and if you know him, by those before Jesus was ever born, and if you know him, that he will bring hope and meaning into your life, and all the trial and trouble and turmoil that you go through, he will restore it back to you and make it right in your life. But how does a person have that relationship with God? How does a person know God? Do we come to church? Do we genuflect? Do we, do, we, do we find the right Ronald McDonald to bow down to? Is that the way we know God? Let me ask you a different question because many of you here are not bowing down to Ronald McDonald. Anyone here? Ronald McDonald? He's not God, okay? We good on that? Not God. So, but the thing is, is that there are a lot of us here though who, if, and when I say a lot of us, BBC, yes, but also in our society, in our Christian society, who still are looking to religion rather than relationship with God to solve their life's problems. Let me give you an example. You know, a lot of, I, I know a guy, I know a guy who goes to a similar church to us, very like-minded, very similar in a lot of ways. But when you, if you were to videotape him and follow him around, you know, he's got a title and he's, big in the church and he does a lot of stuff but when you ask him about his relationship with god it's like well i go to church and i help out okay but that's not the question i asked you what's your relationship with god like well i go to church and i help out i give a lot of money okay fine but what is your faith like you know The Bible, Old Testament, New Testament are in agreement because the father of all this, right? A guy named Abraham, very poignant, important story at the beginning of the Bible. Abraham did what? He's the father of the Jewish religion, the Christian religion, right? They say Islam, but that's a different argument for a different time. But he's the father biologically in a sense or uh, ethnically of everything that we do. And yet, how did Abraham know God? How, what religion did Abraham practice? Again, social scientists would say Judaism, but what religion did Abraham practice? The Bible says very clearly what religion he practiced. What was it? Did he set up a ritual? Did he set up a, t- a tent or a tabernacle to worship in? No. I mean, that's part, you know, there's a religious aspect of all of our lives. But what does the Bible say very specifically that he did that made God happy? He simply did what? He believed very good and had faith in God. And God gave him credit for everything else from that. It was his faith in God. It was his faith that drove everything else. Faith is what makes things happen in our relationship with God. So here's the thing. Rules and rituals can cause us to misjudge God. But at the same time, faith will cause people to know God because faith is the way that we believe. Faith is the internal conviction or desire. Let's move on. We're running out of time. Here we go. Religion can lack real substance. One of the things that religion does lack a lot of times is real substance. It can feel hollow, you know? One of the big criticisms that people have of religion is what? Is that you go to church or you go to temple or you go to synagogue or you go to the, the, this, that, and the other. You go to your, uh, 
what do you call that? Ashram, right? Over here in the hills, those kind of things that are popular in the 60s. You go to your ashram, sit before the Maharaja, you're right, or whatever, and hey, the guru, if you're Lennon or whatever, or George Harris. So, so the thing is, is that, but going to those rituals can feel empty. I mean, let's be honest. Religion is boring a lot of times. Going and just sitting in a religious facility and hearing blah, 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 and some music and, you know, and then leaving, that's not much life change there. So there's got to be more to it than that. You know, religion is the book that we judge by its cover. When we go to work, people are not going to say, you have a lot of faith, nine times out of ten. They're going to say that you are religious. What does that mean when they say that you're religious? <clears throat> what that means is they have looked at the cover of your life and have decided that you are religious. By the way, being religious is not necessarily all bad. Let's just nuances here because here's the problem. We have to have some religion. Religion is the system by which we know God. So our faith should make the system that we hold on to to be as well, it needs to be as faith-oriented and not legalistic as possible. But there's going to be a system of that. So church is really important. That's part of that system. But church should be more about faith than about me telling you what to do or about rules or regulations. Church should be about you knowing God and you relating to God and you having relationship with God. Religion is the book that we judge by its cover, and that's what the world does. The world judges religion by its cover, and it judges you by the cover, which is why religion is, has a lot of issues. You know, every time I go to read the news, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad right now. I'm reading the news too much because I heard one really wise person tell me that the news is always bad, and so reading it every day doesn't do any good because for 60 years from now, it's going to be bad too. So you don't learn anything from the news. It's challenging me to, to focus on more important things. But right now, I've been kind of reading the news a lot. And, and, and so, you know, because the internet's so prevalent and stuff. And if you go now to the internet, to news, used to be the news, the column would be in the newspaper and it was just that you read it and that was it. But now there's comments, lots of comments underneath. And anytime the story's about religion, there's always lots of anti-religious people who get on there and they're like, religion is the destruction of the world. Religion's caused more death than any other thing in the world. Religion causes more wars and hate than anything else. Imagine if there is no religion. It's John Lennon, by the way. First of all, let me say that's completely baloney. We have a lot of historical revisionism in the world. But at the same time, when we talk about religion, religion gets a bad rap for several good reasons. Because a lot of times the book... What's on the inside doesn't match the outside. Let's just be really honest here this morning. <laughs> there are Christian churches in America with where the book on the outside, what they're doing on Sunday morning, doesn't match what's in here at all, does it? No. A lot of times people say, oh, I'm a Christian or I'm religious on the outside, but on the inside, where are they at? You know, the classic example is you could go to work and you could slap a big go to your cubicle or your desk or something and slap a big, huge picture of Jesus on the cubicle or the desk, and that's going to really make you friends among your coworkers. And, and, and so what's going to happen is when they see that, they're going to immediately assume that you are a religious person. But the issue that's going to be faced is where are you at on the inside? Because 
The outside doesn't really do much good. It doesn't change people's lives. It doesn't really make a difference. Religion is the book that we judge by its cover. And a lot of times we don't like what we see on the cover and neither does other people. Your religion is probably not going to change anyone's life. The religiosity that you practice because you are are a person of faith is not going to change someone's life. The fact that you come to church every Sunday, which praise God you do because the Bible asks you to do that. But if you, you know, to be regularly committed to, to your fellowship, the Bible says that in Hebrews. So the thing is, is the, you know, praise God that you do that. That's good for you. It's good for everyone. You can help out. You can serve. But that aspect of your life is probably not going to convince someone to be a faithful follower of Jesus. They're not going to say to you, wow, Aaron, I'll pick on Aaron. Wow, Aaron, you go to church every Sunday. Man, you're right. Something's got to change in my life. That's not what they're going to say. But when we make actions of faith in other people's lives and they see the inside of our lives and they know that our lives are not so negative and hateful and ugly on the inside, it is the faith that moves other people to choose to follow God or to at least ask questions about God. We want to be judged by not the cover We want to be judged by the inside. And by the way, that's what God wants as far as as well. But faith only has meaning when it builds from the inside. You cannot have an external display of faith, I'm going to argue. I was at Walmart this, this, uh, actually last night, I was at Walmart. We we went to uh, Five Guys, the new hamburger place everybody's talking about with the kids. I saw Kyle there, it's great. And uh, and so we we were there and afterwards we went to Walmart. And um, the, uh, we were in the parking lot of Walmart and there was a car in, Wal- in Walmart. It was like a to- Toyota kind of thing, right? It was green, like a dark green color. And they had taken vinyl lettering, bright yet white and yellow vinyl lettering, and in huge letters, you know, probably about this big, across the side of the car, the hood, uh, totally covered in huge letters, Jesus saves. And turn towards God and things like that, right? I just saw the Jesus saves huge. I was like, wow. I, and I, I should have got a picture of the car and I, I forgot. But, um, but the thing is, is that I thought, wow. I mean, like on the one hand, I'm like, kudos to that person for standing up for God. Because I'd rather be a person who is, I'd rather be a person who loves God enough that they'll be a fool for Christ than be someone who is smugly, atheistic and dies never knowing God. Certainly, I would much rather be that. But at the same time, I thought, you know, this is a great example of what the world sees and hates about religion because it's an external display. But at the same time, you know, where is the internal faith that comes from this person? Now, again, I'm not judging this person because I don't know this person. I don't know. They could be like a total servant of everyone at Walmart. I don't know. But it just seems like at the outset that that is what it is. That is more an external display. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of faith to drive around in a big, huge car that says Jesus saves. I'll be honest with you. I won't ride around in a car that says Jesus saves, not because I think it's vulgar or or too much over the top, because I don't want people to look at what? The inside. Because I know I'm worried that my inside could never match the billboard that my external side is portraying. And that's a danger because when the external side gets so far ahead of the internal, what do you have? Well, you have religion and you have religion that's focused more on the external, more on the outside, more about that than knowing God. So the Bible says this. I mean, when we look at this passage, you know, Jesus is saying, whoa, you know, beware because 
What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Oh, wait, sorry, wrong verse. Uh, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and Pharisees? Hypocrites, you shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. What he's saying is on the one hand, on the inside, they're broken and crooked, but on the outside, they go, oh, God, we love you. It's so awesome, you know. Amen, amen, amen. Could we say that this could possibly apply to a television evangelist today? I think we could. I think we definitely could. You know, I also know that a lot of times when you go to, uh, I didn't mention this first service. Maybe I shouldn't mention it here. A lot of times in my, in my experience, this is my limited experience, limited experience, anecdotal evidence only here. But sometimes when you do interfaith type stuff, there'll be someone, well, I can think of a specific example. And this was interfaith meaning also, this is someone who, generally represented Christianity. I remember one time I went to sort of this uh, thing, and I'll just have to leave it at thing, and they got up and did this beautiful prayer, but I'm telling you what, after we sat down and started having a meal, their mouth was guttural as can be, and they were a religious leader in the Christian religion. And you know what? That's the problem with religion, and that's the problem with our world. And by the way, that's what keeps people from knowing God, because it's that level of hypocrisy that people hate. Now, that doesn't mean we should give up now and go home because, no, Jesus is saying, listen, worry about the inside because that's what makes the difference. Knowing me and being transformed by God, that is what makes a difference in our lives, not the external stuff. You know, again, who cares what you look like? Who even cares how you dress? What matters is what's going on on the inside because the inside is where it's true. Faith only has, biblical faith only has meaning when it builds from the inside. You can't put faith as a bumper sticker. You can't make faith be a clothing that you wear. That's not what faith is. Faith is this, is this internal, this, this knot that, that, we, that we build and we, we take hold of because we're trying to know God. We believe and we're, we, we, with conviction and with decision and with movement in our lives, we are saying, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to follow you more than anything else. And that's what God loves more than anything else, is that biblical faith. Can I say, would Jesus say, can we say that it doesn't matter if you pray big, long, fancy prayers in church or if you wear fancy outfits and fancy tops or caps, that that matters. It can be okay. I'm not against that. But the heart is where God looks when he looks to judge men and women, not what we wear and what we say and what we do on the outside. Myself, Jesus' words are a little scary because I know that a lot of the external stuff that I do in my life won't really matter. What really will matter is who I am on the inside. But faith only has meaning when it builds from within. So thirdly, religion can miss the point. Religion can miss the point so much because the point, according to the Bible, is not us developing a man-made system whereby we can ascend to heaven. That is not the point. The point is to simply know God and be known by God. Again, Lamentations. Great, uh, you know, ex good example throughout the Bible of a book that you know deals with all this religious stuff, and then it says, "Just know God, 
Just know him and be known by him. Just trust in him because that's all that matters. There is a religious part because, and that's why I say religion is not all bad because there is a church element. There was a synagogue element. There's a temple element. I mean, we couldn't, we can't just be religious. I'm sorry. We can't just have faith to the point that we stay at home and do nothing about it because that would not really be faith either according to the Bible. Faith cannot be just something that is just this idyllic sit on the top of a mountain and that's the way faith is. There has to be some action of faith. And the only way action really comes out is when we do something that the world is going to label religious. So we understand that. But religion, the religion that we embrace should be minimal because it should be more about us knowing God and relating to God than it is about creating structures and organizations that will ultimately can make people miss God and totally miss the point of what faith is about. Religion tries to control major aspects of our lives. Let's look at the final verse real quickly here as we're trying to finish up. I know we're running late. I ran late on first service, so I apologize. We're just going to take two more minutes to get through this. Uh, Matthew chapter 23. uh, Matthew chapter, uh, I lost it here. Matthew chapter 23. Last verse 15 real quickly here in the last two minutes. Matthew chapter 23, verse 15 says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. So here's what he's saying. He said, listen, you're, that people that are about religion rather than faith, they're going to do everything that they can to convert people to them, but in the end, they're, all they're going to do is move them farther away from God. By the way, let me just give you the example in the ancient world. The Pharisees and religious leaders, what did they try to do when they try to convert people, not to Judaism, but to Pharisaicalism or, or rabbinic, well, I won't say rabbinic, that won't be fair, uh, Pharisaical type Judaism. What, were they, what did they tell them? Did they say, oh, just believe in God? No. Did they tell them, oh, you got to come to our church? No. They actually said, you've got to follow all the laws that we have set. They're not laws in the, in the Bible. Some of them are, but a lot of them they wrote themselves. You've got to follow all these laws, all these rules, and all these regulations if you want to be what is known as the god fear. Guess what one of the best parts of that were? Men. What did men who wanted to be a religious person in the ancient world, in the Jewish system, what did the Pharisees make the men do? Adult men. Come on, see if you're smart in first service. What did it make the adult men do? It's not pleasant. Starts with a C. Get circumcised. That's right. I don't know if that's fun or not. I don't think so. But that's what they made them do because that was the ritual. That was the ritual that they had to undergo to make God happy. No, to make their religion happy. And that's why Jesus hated them because they were telling people what God said, but turning it on its side to make it not about God, but to make it about them. Religion tries to control major aspects of our lives. That's what religion does. Religion tells you, do this, don't do that. Wear this, don't wear that. Act this way, speak this way, do all this stuff some of which can be good. We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Some things that, you know, a religion will tell you to do, like, for example, be a good husband. Some religions believe that. Hey, that's good. We can agree with that, right? Be a good wife. We can agree with that. But when it comes to controlling our day-to-day thing and telling you that the only way you can know God or pray to God is to bow this way, to jump this way, to walk this way, to talk this way, misses the whole point of the Bible. The whole point of the Bible is that we go to God directly ourselves and can know him through our faith. Religion tries to control major aspects of our lives, but at the same time, faith frees us from the mistakes of the past. It frees us from the rituals. It frees us from the rigmarole. It frees us to be able to just simply know God. Now, again, 
I just because I got to end here. Religion is not all bad. There are some parts of religion that is necessary and important for society to function, for people who have faith to function. But when religion becomes the point, it's missed the point because the point, at least for the Christian faith, because for Christianity. For, and for, I would argue, biblical Judaism too, it has nothing to do with the ritual that we go through. It has everything to do with us connecting to God. And so the challenge for you twofold this morning real quickly is number one, where are you at on this chart? I mean, are you way over the religious side? Are you doing things because you feel like your religion calls you to do it? Or are you doing it because you feel like God is leading you to do it and because you're, and you're doing it out of faith? Secondly, a lot of us know people who are stuck in their religion. Some of you know people who say, oh, I've been in this religion all my life. I've always been in this religion. I'm going to stay in this religion. According to the Bible, that's not going to help them very much because religion doesn't save anyone, doesn't allow anyone to be rescued. More often than not, religion will hold people back. And that's even true of the Christian religion because when people come to church and they just go through the motions and they do the things the pastor tells them to do, but yet they have no connection with God, then there is no way for them to ever have relationship with God, which is what God desires for you to have if you want to dwell with him in eternity when you pass from this world. So our prayer, and this is the beginning of the conversation, is that we would not fall into either one of these traps and neither would your friends or family members. Let's pray.